Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 140. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. Uh, Schmitty is out for the holiday, but we do have in his place a couple of guests. Uh, we have Amber and Derek. Why don't you guys say hi? Hello, everyone. Greetings. Now, Amber and Derek aren't just uh, any old guests. Well, that's kind of dismissive. No, they're pretty awesome <laughs> guests, actually. And they're the newest members of the Stolen Droids family. In fact, uh, we are looking forward to uh, having their show launch. When was it, you guys said? Like January? Or? In January, yeah. Now, what what can we expect from you guys? Well, <clears throat> we were kind of talking about that we'd like to go over reviews of either like games, movies, um also, I'm big into reviewing products that I get from different sites just because, you know, as a woman, big into shopping. But I like doing geek shopping, and so sometimes it's kind of nice for random gifts to figure out what you want and to have reviews from someone, whether it's worth the investment or not. Very, very cool. Now, uh, this is kind of new for us because between Starfleet Academy launching... And uh, and now you guys joining the fray as well. Our female quotient has gone up like 150%. <laughs> well, I've been really good at trying to get everyone to listen more, so I'm really all about the whole marketing thing as well. <laughs> there we do no, appreciate no, no. that. Now, we do bet. indeed. A lot of you may recognize Amber. Uh, obviously, you can't see her, but you may recognize her voice. She actually helped us out at Comic-Con last September, uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con. She did some interviews uh, for us, so that that was you were, kind of her first foray into this little medium. And, and you were actually also on uh, on Geek Show podcast a little while ago as well, pimping us out. Yep, yep, I did three episodes with them, and uh, it was a pretty fun experience. I mean, just as my first time, and it was just it was kind of scary, but now it's like I really like this. <laughs> Yeah, it's old hat now. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Derek, we're we're glad she she dragged you along here. We're so happy to have you both on both on the air, both on the site. We love what you guys can bring, and we're excited to have you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. All right. Well, into our show here. Got to give a shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, and CryptonRadio.com. Uh, also, we have a bit of feedback here. Uh, Zane sent us a message on Facebook, actually just the other day. Uh, it's an interesting little thing that we've never brought up. Uh, he said that he found out the Nintendo 3DS has YouTube. He doesn't know if this is if we've ever talked about this in any of our mentions of the 3DS, or if we've already put it in notes for another episode. He just thought he'd let us know. Loves the show. Zane, thank you. We appreciate all feedback. I did not know this. Nor did I. I did not I, anyone else remember the Sega Game Gear? Vaguely. Yes. I thought it was awesome yeah. compared to the Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was incredible because it had that full color screen, right? But do you remember it had an it had an accessory that if you popped out the game cartridge, you could put in a TV tuner cartridge, and then you had a tiny little TV screen. And, and like had an, an extendable antenna and everything. It was hilariously 80s. I thought that was like the end all of consumer electronics, but to find out now that a 3DS has YouTube, I don't know, that's kind of cool. 
Does it make you want to run out and buy one? No. <laughs> I so. No, I have an actual smartphone. <laughs> what kills me is, uh, but, yeah, especially Amber, she'll sit there and watch. Uh, I'll be watching a movie or something with her, and she uh, will sometimes experience life through a. I'm sorry, through a three and a half inch screen when you've got like 55 <laughs> right in front of you. I just don't understand the, you know, that's great and all. I can see traveling and things like that if it's got 3G, but I, I don't know. I I do that when I'm gaming. I'll be honest with you. I will have uh, back when I had a tablet, I'd have my uh, my TV on and I'd be gaming there, but I'd also have the tablet and I'd have like the game wiki or the walkthrough there and the laptop because I have smart glass open. So, yeah, it gets kind of weird having the multiple screens there. As a parent, though, because we got to, you know, take this back as well. Not every product is meant for us. I honestly think that this would make me less likely to get it for my kids. Yeah, me too, just because of issues of stuff that you can find on YouTube. Even if, even if they don't purposely go out and look for it, it's right there in your face. And I just don't know if I want my kids to have that access, even though right now I don't let them go on YouTube anyways without adult supervision. So with them to be able to play that game and have access to YouTube that easily honestly worries me a little bit because I don't really trust them enough to be wise with their decisions on what they would find on YouTube. I have to share a story. Um, a year ago, we gave my stepson an old phone of mine, my old Windows Phone 7 device. I, you know, took off the phone segment of it. I uninstalled YouTube. I installed a few um, apps, some games that I thought he'd like. He really loved using the uh, the camera feature. We disabled Internet Explorer so he couldn't find it. And we hid a lot of the settings. I'm thinking, you know, he's not around computers all that much. He doesn't know how to do anything. After about a month, we realized he wasn't sleeping much anymore. We found out that he had been playing Angry Birds and had figured out that Angry Birds, the intro video and the video between levels, they're hosted on YouTube. They're not on the app itself. So he would launch Angry Birds, hit the intro video, and then halfway through the video hit pause, and then he was out on YouTube. (laughs) He was staying up all night watching YouTube videos. That's a clever kid. kid. It's a really clever kid, but he has, like, no actual computer experience. So we had to take the phone from him. That's how you get computer experience, though, is trying to go around what your parents have set up. I remember being 10 years old, and that's all I did was try to do things that uh, my parents didn't want me to do. That was a full-time job. See, when I was 10 years old, though, I needed a stack of, like, 87 floppy disks to play a game. Yeah, the boot disk. Yeah. I thought when you were 10 years old, they'd just come out with the rotary phone. <laughs> no, that's Stark. <laughs> Host of Starfleet Academy on StolenDroids.com. Nice plug. Yeah. See no, what I, I did there? I think, part, I think part of it, though, is that, you know, like, like Derek and I said, we had to work for it, you know? The idea of just throwing it onto a 3DS and expecting them to respect it, I don't like that. I think this is actually a point against it I, for little kids. I think, you know... For one, you guys make me feel like a horrible parent, uh, but I think you've got a really good point there. Really good point. Oh, and you say that as the only one of us with teenagers, so yeah, our our kids are a little bit younger. But anyway, Zane, so again, old. thanks for the feedback. 
Thanks for the feedback. We did not know that, and I wouldn't have known that had you not written in, so thank you. Um, into our headlines. We don't have many headlines, actually, this week. It's been kind of a short week because of the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. If you're listening listening to us from elsewhere in the world, we had our Thanksgiving holiday this Thursday. Uh, but some headlines did happen that we need to talk about. Last week, we talked about BlackBerry losing their CEO, or actually two weeks ago, uh, and having a new interim one appointed. Evidently, that's not the only executive they're losing. They have just kicked their COO and CFO as well. So it seems like a massive upset is currently happening over at BlackBerry. What this means for them in the long run, I'm just not going to predict anymore because I've been wrong about every BlackBerry prediction I've ever said. I, I don't even understand what they're trying to accomplish here. I mean, obviously they're throwing out the trash but they just replace it with more trash. I don't understand this company whatsoever. Their decisions make no sense to me. And they're like death proof. When's the last time any of you saw Blackberry? I uh, unfortunately I see them pretty frequently at work. I Same here. That's one of the options. It's either an iPhone, which ninety eight percent of us get, or the other option is a Blackberry. And those are the ones that Everybody rejects. So the I, IT the industry is keeping this crap company alive, basically. And even we're not doing such a great <laughs> job at it. <laughs> All I know is I, the, the article we've linked is on Engadget. And the pictures they have for the CFO and the COO. The COO, his name is uh, Kristen Tier. That is the creepiest looking person I've ever seen as an executive. Uh, and his his gaze will haunt me as I sleep tonight. But uh, I'll tell you what, though, that's that's some like epic hair. I just the dude on the left. I don't know who that is, which guy that is, but that's the CEO on the left. Yeah, and that's that's the some CFO. Hair that Frank just, like makes me think of like 1970. He'll do fine. He'll land on his feet. Look at that hair. Any company would be lucky to have a head of hair like that. Yeah. Maybe not Apple, you know. His facial features seem too small for his head. <laughs> I think that's the problem there. Is this why Blackberry has been failing, Zoner? Probably. I don't know. This man's facial features are just off. They the are. company can only go up from here. No, in truth, it it makes sense to get rid of the, the trash team, as, it, as they've been called here. But on the flip side of that, who are they going to possibly hire to replace them. I mean, if you are a COO or CFO at the top of your game, it's someone with the reputation that you can pull pull things out off the brink like that, would you want to go to a company like this? Yeah, why would why would anybody who has any sort of credibility want to go to a company like this? Do they want to well, be seen as the hero? Well, on the flip side, you could say, "Eh, it's a job I won't have for more than a year and they'll pay me a couple million dollars to do it." That's a good point. I think my video's frozen with me in a very funny, awkward state As there. As is but mine. Yeah. <sighs> At least we're not wormholing. So <laughs> that's news from uh, good old Canada. You guys make for great radio, I got to tell you. Yeah let's, yeah, let's talk about stuff that nobody can see. <laughs> and they can imagine it. I'll just screenshot it. It'll be the... Uh, 
the top picture in the post. Uh, back into the United States, we have more news from the NSA. Because we can't get enough of them, oh, right? And they can't get enough of us. Speaking of NSA, I got some, I got some theories about them. We might have to get into in our holiday segment here. But is this going to be a tinfoil hat moment? It involves Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate that stupid Elf. So uh, yeah. just just remind me, and we'll we'll try and come back to the Elf on the Shelf and the NSA and how it's a predecessor <laughs> to the T one thousand. <laughs> yeah. That Me, stupid John Connor. Elf, yeah. That elf is going to reform itself as a living weapon. Okay, so it turns out that the NSA may have infected, no, no, I take that back, has infected uh, over 50,000 networks. And that was as of the middle of last year. And by infected, we mean they've installed certain malware that allowed them to gain access and track what people were doing on their computers. We've talked before about certain botnets and how they're installed onto computers and they turn the computers into tools of hackers. Well, it shouldn't be that surprising that the NSA has used the same tools just for a slightly more nefarious purpose. Is there really anything else we can say about this? I mean, this isn't really surprising to us anymore, is it? No, I I don't think it is. I just think it's... uh when things are worded differently, then people just, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's this brand new thing when it's like, it's been going on for years already. I yeah. don't know why anyone is so shocked about it when it's like, well, were you did it really surprise anybody initially when the story first broke that they were going through people's emails and things like that? I, it, it really honestly didn't even phase me. I mean, I can't believe that anybody was naive enough to believe that, you know, Big Brother wasn't wasn't keeping his thumb on us at some degree. I think I think you're exactly right there, Derek. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine, and I've mentioned this before. He's um, counterintelligence, and I asked him about. It. I said, I think that at that point they had just come out that T-Mobile and AT and T had been sharing data, and I asked him. I said, now Verizon's doing it too is aren't they he's like they're all doing it and they've been doing it since the 1970s and i mean i mean but people i think on the internet they have this sense of anonymity because oh i my name's billy bob johnson and i can change it to lafonda jones and i think it gives them a sense of security a false sense of security and that was shattered by the nsa scandal I would partially agree with that. I'd say part of it was the sense of anonymity, but the other part was maybe the older mindset. Uh, people who are not necessarily internet natives like uh, the younger generation is, oh, it's my email. You know, my email's mine. It's protected. Sorry, it's not. It is not like your mail that you get in your mailbox at home. It's not protected by federal law. It's, it's fair game. You know, so... You're probably right. Part of it is people just trying to hide, and the other part of it were people who were naively thinking they were protected somehow. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a fair assessment. I know so. I've been reading my uh, terms of service a lot more closely these days. I uh, I notice every time you use anything, any electronic device, any program, uh, you, you know, you have the option to enable or disable sending. Uh, anonymous quotation marks anonymous uh, you know usage and uh, tr- and problems and things like that and I, I mean 
everything's done with the best of intentions, supposedly, but then uh, it just seems like that information is constantly being misused in one sense or another. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this is, however, hurting uh, U.S.-based tech companies like crazy. Uh, it's not in our show notes, but Microsoft has pledged they are re-upping their efforts to encrypt their own data. And Yahoo has also said they will encrypt all of their data by the end of 2014. My question is, I mean, that's great and all. I think it's important. But if it's already been established that the NSA can hack any encryption... Do we expect that's actually going to do anything, or is this just them trying to save face? I think they're trying to save face. They're giving people a false sense of security. It's what they do. Well, well, no, to be fair, they could develop something new, though, right? Or am I just being naive now? I think they could, but how long until the NSA forces the encryption key into their own system, you know? How long until they go to Microsoft and say... Hey, Bill Gates, we know what you've been doing. Oh, remember how we've been spying on you? We've got the dirt. Give us the key. I, I want to flip this around, flip it on its head a little bit. I used to pirate software a lot, a whole lot. And it was always this kind of interesting cat and mouse game of software publishers trying to make it so you couldn't pirate it, so you couldn't crack it immediately being broken by the people who were out there to break it. The DVD encryption algorithm was broken within, I want to say, two hours of DVDs hitting the market. Blu-ray took about a week. You know, it's it's just that way. And software publishers have always done a really, really... Uh, they've done as much as they can to keep the crackers and the pirates at bay. I find it kind of funny now that tech companies are having to do the same against the government. Mm-hmm. Must suck to have their job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think also there's a will, there's a way. If they want it to, you know, if they want to get the information, they're going to do what it takes. And I just kind of feel like no matter what encryption they quote unquote say they're going to do, what's really going to stop them? You know, if they're going to get it. They're going to. Well, get you it. mentioned cat and mouse, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. It just, it, it, both sides just push the envelope along, and uh, I just don't think anything's ever going to change. You related it to uh, software pirating and, uh, or, you know, yeah, audio files, video files, software in general. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's always going to be, you're going to, you're going to have a hacker or cracker that's one step ahead of the NSA, and then they're going to catch up and overlap, and it's just, I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I've gotten to the point where I just don't even. I, I've stopped pirating software myself, uh, it, just because you hear so much about it. But it's I, I look at the the amount of people that work for the NSA, and then there's what 325 million people in the U.S. And I just can't believe that there's that much manpower to be able to police the entire nation. Well, well, that's where the Elf in the Shelf initiative comes in. Yeah, that's right. We had this uh, talk about it the other day about, you know, all these families doing the Elf on the Shelf thing, and they just creep me out, which is why I won't do it, but I think that there's something more to it. Their little beady eyes judging you. <laughs> and then every day they're doing something new. They tell your kids, you know, you got to be good or you won't get presents, but then... Isn't the whole elf on the shelf thing like he's being naughty himself? So that's like sending poor. 
You don't want the elf to see what you're doing, or else Daddy will get hauled away in black SUVs. Yes. Yeah, no, it just scares me. I don't know, They just there's something about it that just kind of creeps me out. You know, another way of looking at it, however, is, and I'm trying to spin the positive light on this as much as possible, at least this is helping the economy. You know, think of how many growth jobs are being brought up by both the tech companies trying to block the hacking initiatives and by the government trying to hack the companies. The tech industry is is going to boom with jobs, right? <laughs> right? You would think. Crap think, jobs. But, you know, this, uh, this administration has a way of killing those jobs. They'll all be outsourced. They will. They'll, they'll be having to go to McDonald's. Well, have you ever and work NSA. not for not for lunch, like to like serve lunch? The NSA analysts make jack crap. Uh, I did a little bit of, of research into jobs and what they pay, and it's they're they're very mediocre jobs for what they're asking people to do. Well, let's put it this way: I, I could either stay at a call center and listen to angry people. Uh, from DirecTV, or I could work for the NSA. Mm, DirecTV pays more. Steal secrets, leak them to the Washington Post, get asylum in <laughs> Russia. I don't think anyone actually wants to go to Russia. Seriously. Where else are you going to go? Yeah. Uh, moving on, however, because we've spent a lot of time on this and, and elves and shelves. Uh, back onto Microsoft. We announced last week that uh, Microsoft had uh, taken the next step in their Scroogled campaign with the merchandise they had launched. Google kind of shot back, not truly, but they made kind of a snarky movement there by saying, that's great, Microsoft that's doing that, it comes as no surprise, competition in the wearable space is really heating up. That's them just kind of, good job Microsoft, you made a t-shirt, that's awesome. They also made a mug. I, I know. I think Google is really, really overlooking that part. The mug is important stuff there. And it's Schmitty. Hello, guys. <laughs> Schmitty has joined us. Better late than never, right? <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. I personally think this was the right way for Google to respond. By not making a huge point of it, by not throwing mud back. I think there's been enough zingers thrown back and forth between Google and Microsoft, what with Google blocking most of the apps that Microsoft tried to make for for the Windows phone, that I think this was the right way to do it. I think this was honestly the classier response. And I kind of think it's it's the Google's kind of thinking, you know, hey, any any publicity is good publicity. So <laughs> Hey look, they put our logo on a mug. <laughs> they beat us to it. <laughs> Now we can sue them for trademark infringement. <laughs> Microsoft leading the industry in Google merchandise. Uh, into other odd news, and this one truly is odd. Uh, we've been talking about Bitcoins now off and on for months. It turns out a cyber heist has happened. And a, um, a company called BIPS which is one of the largest European Bitcoin payment processors, think think PayPal, but for Bitcoins, got hit, and over a million dollars were lost. Stolen. Now, 
we've talked a lot about with piracy how you can't steal data, you just simply copy it, which is why like the RIA and the MPAA's notions of piracy are kind of wrong and that you can't steal a movie, you're just copying it. Bitcoins are different. You can steal them. And they stole 1,295 bitcoins. Which if they hold on to for like the next four years could be worth like four times that. Yeah, considering that it's gone up from 200 to 1,000 in the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I take that back. I apologize. Um, they hacked it multiple times. One time, they lost over 4,100 bitcoins, and then they did it again, which lost them another 1,300 bitcoins. Yeah, wow. that's kind of crazy. And it, it, they just used a, a distributed denial of service attack, correct? At first, to get uh, get yeah the to overload the systems down. in order to get into the system, yeah. So, which which goes to show that this is not something you should invest in, in my opinion. Well, if you do invest in it, choose wisely who you keep your bitcoins with. Uh, most people that have a, a a low amount of bitcoins will house them themselves on flash drives, but that's only as secure as you keep your flash drives. So. You, you could be like the guy who buried his flash drive in a landfill on accident and lost like twenty million dollars. I mean, isn't this kind of philosophically under undermining the whole point of Bitcoin? Is that your money is secure? Nobody can touch it. Uh, Big Brother can't come in and snatch it. I mean, it's. I think Bitcoin is secure in that it can't be tracked. But even then, that's a fallacy because it can be tracked. I not that cracked is the greatest source of news, but cracked did make an interesting point in, in a recent video. Let me get this straight: you have a virtual representation of paper money, which is itself a virtual representation of actual money. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm still not on board the Bitcoin train myself. Well, yeah, I'll our, be our, passing on for a while. Our our last headline of the week, and again, if there is news we missed, let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Yahoo has decided to get a TV news anchor because Yahoo is getting an actual news show. Did not see this coming. Furthermore, didn't see who actually is the news anchor. They're getting because Katie America Couric, loves Katie Couric, who I swear has not aged at all. Is she a robot? <laughs> she might be. But if she was, I think she'd go to Google, personally. She's a Disney animatronic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think this is a good step for Yahoo, whether or not... I mean, it, it. I don't think it depends on... I don't think it matters who it is. I think it's good for Yahoo in the sense that they're going to get their own... Uh, they're going to be getting their own sources of news. They're going to be their own source for news, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I, no, I get what you're saying. That's what AOL had to do. Their own AOL bought Huffington Post. They bought Engadget. Uh, they became a media company. Yeah. So. That's kind of the way to go. If you're not producing media, you're the, you're going the way of the dinosaurs. And, that, and Yahoo or uh, Netflix and YouTube are starting to to understand that, so... About time Yahoo joins. So, yeah. so what's well, this going to do for Yahoo in the long run? Are we going to see them start to be more of a media company? Are we going to 
are we going to see them shifting to, I don't know, maybe they start producing their own content like Netflix? Uh, is Is this just the start of something more into the infotainment industry, for lack of a better term? I'm honestly don't know you guys remember when yahoo had like their hands in everything yeah they seriously made they had yahoo nothing exactly they had yahoo music i mean i used to listen to launch.com that was yahoo i loved it yeah launch was around before pandora before spotify before any of those couldn't make money off of it uh they had yahoo groups couldn't make money off of it yahoo ads they had didn't they have a a web hosting wasn't one of those Geo- well um yeah, GeoCities. And that was Yahoo's? Yahoo ended up buying it, didn't they? Yeah, one of them was. And they could never make any money that way. So, I mean, I don't know if this is just going to be another pet project that they can't make money off of or not. We will be seeing Marissa Meyer, however, their CEO at CES, when Squishy Schmitty and I head down there in January. So maybe she'll tell us something then. Right on. Yeah, you okay. should just go up and ask her, you know, just like... <laughs> hey, Marissa, what's up? Zook from Stolen <laughs> Droids, what's up with Katie? <laughs> what's that about? Maybe oh, Katie will be there promoting. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she'll be the PR. <laughs> Are you a robot? <laughs> Inquiring I, minds want to know. Can I ask that question, please? <laughs> I want to be the one to ask that. <laughs> I, if, that would be so awesome. I would love it if you guys do. I'll give you a dollar to do that, Schmitty. <laughs> a dollar. It's all worth it now. <laughs> Don't do that, man. That's the rest of our petty cash. Oh, it was a trip. Okay. Well, those are our headlines. Um... Yeah, like I said, slim pickings this week. Yeah, well, there but. may have been more, but, you know, with the holiday, eh, who cares? <laughs> no, 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 that's it. News must take a backseat to consumerism. News must take a backseat to pie is what must happen. Sorry, for those of you not in the know, Zoner's been on a pie kick all day. It's oh. Thanksgiving time, it's pie! Just started well, speaking 3.14159. <laughs> math geek. Now... <laughs> For people who are new to the show, this is our Black Friday episode, which means it's time for the gift guide, the geeky gift guide. We tend not to give actual Black Friday deals because Black Friday's over. You're not going to get those deals. But what do you get the geek in your life this holiday season? What's out there? Uh, we have uh, put together a list of what we think you should look at. And uh, it is for this purpose we have uh, we have Amber here as well because she she finds the stuff no one else finds. Yep, I like to try and find those ones that you wouldn't exactly think about. So I gotta I, I don't know I have this thing that I need to get really creative with my gifts. Like Derek is really good about finding awesome gifts, but I like to get the ones that you're just like why or where would you even think about this and. Maybe my list isn't, like, the most creative, but, um, I don't know. I just still think that they're awesome and fun. He's a better husband than I am. I think, uh, I think my wife will kill me if I give her another gift card. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've only got one once since we've been together, so he's done pretty good. Oh, look, sweetie, I got you a bowling ball with my name on it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Now, we have to start off here with Minecraft. Minecraft is not new. 
not new at all, but it seems to have really made a surge this year in terms of merchandise. Uh, this year they did the deal with Lego. So if you have kids like mine, I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, and Lego and Minecraft combine, that's insane. Yeah. You're going to get massive points there. Well, it's, it should be noted, last year they came out with the Lego set um, for Minecraft, and it was extremely, extremely difficult to find. I actually picked up a couple extras and sold them for 60 bucks a piece, which is about double what I paid. So, yay, capitalism. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're everywhere. It's awesome. Now, there are multiple sets you can get. The main set, I still think, is a little too expensive. That that's my opinion. I think I think sixty five bucks is a little bit much for it. But then they have the nether set, which is cheaper, and then they have the half sets as well that are like half the price. So, but Legos are expensive no matter what. They are. Yeah, which is a bummer. They have a lot of really awesome stuff out there, and then I try and look at I look at the price, and I'm just like, I can't justify that. Unfortunately, as much as I want it. Because then I think of, but then there's also this and this and this that I could get for the price of this Lego set. Yeah, exactly. It's like, man, that Millennium Falcon Lego set would be fracking awesome. So would a month's worth of fuel for the car. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's about the same. <laughs> so let me get this straight. In order to get the kids off of playing Minecraft, I buy them a Lego set of Minecraft so they can play Minecraft in real life. <laughs> But then you get yeah. your computer back so you can play Minecraft. This is also true. <laughs> you know, oh, dude, I I can't believe you didn't jump on this when you were putting your sprinkler system in. She was just giving the kids a pickaxe and a shovel and said, hey, look, you don't know, but there might be coal right there. I need you to dig down here, here. You should go two blocks deep. I loaded the X-Bray patch just the other day. I swear there's a diamond underneath here. Yeah. Go for it, kids. And then... <laughs> And then just hire a neighbor to dress up as a creeper to come after them to make the experience even better. You can combine that with a great stranger danger lesson. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Watch out for the creeper kids. (laughs) Stranger danger. You never know when a stranger will explode and ruin all your hard work. I know. Oh, parenting as a geek is hard. Mm -hmm. But it's fun. What's really cool um, for Minecraft-related stuff here, and this is much cheaper, and it's much cooler than Legos in my opinion, ThinkGeek has a Minecraft torch. It looks like a torch, and it lights up like a torch. Now, it doesn't produce enough light like a Minecraft torch does, but it's a really cool piece of decor. It does produce level 14 light. Whatever that means. (laughs) What, like 900 lumens? <laughs> what does that convert 9, to? Over 9,000? It's, it's over 9,000, yeah. Over 9,000. It's uh, pretty bright. So, <laughs> yeah, that's actually one thing. I, I was at the store earlier tonight, and I saw one. Like, selling. they're selling retail, not just on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Gordman's had it. And I really wanted to buy it for myself. I thought that would look awesome in my office or above my bed. I was at Shopco, and I felt really, really guilty because while my kids were looking at ornaments for themselves, I wanted to buy myself a Minecraft diamond pickaxe. <laughs> Don't feel guilty. It's diamond. Make sure you well, enchant it to last longer. <laughs> well, I couldn't figure out if it would be cheaper to buy it there or to craft one myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if, 
if it's not iron, I don't think you can go wrong. This is true. It's a teal on diamond. <laughs> My wife would kill me if that was the diamond I bought her for Christmas. Also in Lego news, the Back to the Future Lego set that we talked about a few months ago has been made official. It is in stores. You can find it. It is awesome. We got it. Oh, you did. Yeah, for uh, obviously Christmas gift, but... The second it came out, I just, I had to get it. I love Back to the Future. That is one of my most favorite movies of all time. I even named my dog after the dog from the movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, when it came out, it was just a must-have. So I can't wait to start building it. Now, trivia time, which name did you give the dog? Because the dog goes by two different names. Yeah, we actually named him Einstein. Ah. Do you call him Einstein? Sometimes we do, but it's also, he's white and furry and has crazy hair, so he does kind of have a similarity to the actual scientist, so it just was very fitting. Very cool. Well, you'll have to let us know how how nice that set is then. I will. We'll have to take pictures, and and, uh, it's not a huge box. Like, I think I was expecting it to be a little bit bigger. But I think it's still a decent enough size that we're just going to enjoy the heck out of it, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, there's Einstein. <laughs> yeah. Again, doesn't make for good radio. <laughs> we'll post pictures the on there, and you guys will see. We'll post pictures of our dog and then of Einstein. <laughs> the dog's using the laptop. It's comedy gold. How could people not love that? Well, I, I do love myself Back to the Future. It's one of my favorite movies. I was really excited when Lego decided to make that. Now they just need to freaking make some Star Wars, Star Trek stuff. Grr. I almost said Star Wars, because Star Wars is our next one. Uh, first off, for frames. Now, Zoner, I'll let you handle this, because I have no clue what they mean by this. They're just books, man. It's different books detailing Star Wars. Um, they've, got, they've got a few of them. Uh, they're Star Wars frames. There is Star Wars or Star Wars art concept, and then Star Wars art illustration. And for the Star Wars fan, you know you really can't go wrong. Uh, it the let's see, let let's start with the frames. It is essentially just like Star Wars stuff, man. I mean, that's it's all Star Wars stuff. That's all you got to say. powers of description are amazing. <laughs> they are. I, I basically wanted to say basically about 47 times, but I knew that basically would just not convey a basic sense of I'm glad you basically just avoided that entire... I did. I did. Yeah. Well, I speaking did. of books, um, Chris Hadfield, Commander Chris Hadfield, the awesome geek's friend in space, the uh, the astronaut from Canada who made music videos and showed us how to cook things on the ISS, he has written a book, and it's called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. And I've read a couple chapters out of it. It is awesome. It's available in audiobook or in Kindle form or in normal dead tree form. It is... I, I personally think I would recommend this. I think any geek in your life or anyone who likes the space program at all would really, really enjoy this book. And there's nothing quite as classy as actually giving a piece of a dead tree to someone. <laughs> it makes you feel like you're being told you're an intellectual. Look, I got you actual written, print, printed words. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so. the beauty part is, how many trees did you have to kill for that? Because you know, personally, none. It was it, given. You it, know, if you don't kill at least one of something, is the gift even worth giving? I know. I know he's got a point. <laughs> Other books, we would, of course, uh, recommend anything by our friend Larry Correa. He's made enough books. You should have something for everything. I have to give a warning, though, and this is a serious warning. Um, his books, if you give them to someone, be prepared to give the entire set. Otherwise, they will start reading one, and in two days, it'll be over. They'll curse you for not giving them the entire set. <laughs> exactly. They will hate you. <laughs> and then when they finish book four of the MHI series they'll be upset because book five doesn't come out till next year pretty yeah. soon countdown <laughs> yeah or or the warbound the the grim noir series there's only three in there oh Larry come on you gotta stop doing that to me man <laughs> however if you want to the experience to keep going Monster Hunter International now has the handbook the game his Kickstarter was a success, and you can now find it in uh, on Amazon.com or on in other retailers as well. And you can actually play the game, which is pretty awesome. It comes with the, the actual handbook. It has on how to take down certain monsters, the histories around certain ones of them. Definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, even if you don't want to play the game, it's really it, it's really like the all-in-one compendium for for everything Monster Hunter International. It's it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, going on here the rest of these are kind of all over the place so let's just take it down the list um, Goldie Blocks uh, have you guys have you guys heard about these? Yeah, this my was daughter, your favorite last week wasn't my it? my daughter is going nuts over them she totally wants them <laughs> my, this was not my favorite last week it was going to be but it is not oh, now what right. happened here um, a, a, a very nice lady from Stanford University she is an engineer mechanical engineer realized that there is nothing really geared towards girls when it comes to building things and so she set out to make her own toy company, and she called it Goldie Blocks. It follows the story of Goldie, uh, the child inventor who makes these different things. And every set comes with a book that you can read alongside the, the actual activity and teaches kids, namely girls, how to build and design things. A lot of the tools that you use, a lot of the parts, I mean, if... I don't know how to say this without coming across as entirely sexist. I think that's part of the problem. It's part of the point why she's doing this. If you're a kid, if you were ever a, you know, a little boy, you know these toys. A lot of them are like erector set pieces or Lego pieces or, or Tinker Toy parts. They're nothing new. But they're things that typically were never geared towards girls. And that's important. I say this now as a father of two daughters. You know, my boys have Legos. They have Mega Blocks. They think it's great. And my daughters always liked the Mega Blocks. They thought they were okay. But it wasn't until we went out and bought the exact same Mega Blocks for girls that they went nuts for it. I can't explain why, but it really does matter to make it into the female-friendly colors or instead of having the bulldozer have the flowers. My little girls will build all sorts of stuff now that they wouldn't do before just because it's now... And all that, literally all that's changed is the colors. But it matters. Yeah. We actually have Yeah, that's how my daughter is. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was, I was going to say, we actually have a girl here who can give 
very good insight on this. Yeah, well, my my daughter, you know, she uh, likes building stuff too. And especially when we're starting to see, like, even Legos are coming out with girl colors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what entices them. Because, you know, females are very into the whole color coordination thing and stuff. Like, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, things are just so much better when it's in a uh, specific color. It's more fun and... I, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but it's just like in our nature, it seems. And so I think that this is great because, yes, it is more enticing because you have something that's more uh, feminine colors than, and it's not just geared towards boys. Girls can play with it, too, and have fun. But, yeah, even my daughter is getting wanting more of that stuff, and um, I think it's something worth investing in mm-hmm. instead of just your typical dolls and and you know all that fun stuff i think part of it's also conditioning you know not to turn this into another talking point here but i think part of it's conditioning and that little girls have just gotten used to oh this toy is meant for me this toy was in the pink aisle it has elements of purple in it yeah you know it looks friendly and happy and pretty this one is meant for me yeah and And so even if they want to play the blocks those ones weren't meant for me yeah, it, the the engineer that that makes Goldie Blocks, she even she even went into that. She actually went down an aisle filming it and showing all the toys for boys, and and they're all marketed for boys with either pictures of boys on them or boy stereotypical things on on the packaging. And then the same thing with the girl aisle. And so it's really hard for a girl to get into a boy's toy because it's marketed for boys they look at the the packaging and say that's not for me it's it's for my brother you know so do you remember as kids and i may just be too old here but when they would show like the commercials on saturday mornings for star wars toys or gi joe toys and they would have actual kids playing with the toys Mm -hmm. if they had a girl on those commercials she was playing with princess leia she was playing with the Baroness, whatever. She was not playing with one of the cool boy to- boy figures. But even the packaging at the time, it showed pictures of boys actually manhandling, the, or boy handling, the, <laughs> <laughs> the actual toys as they were playing with these. And I think you're exactly right, Schmitty. It, it goes to conditioning. I think about it. 30, 40 years later. Well, not 40. I'm not that old. But, um, but I think about it 30, 35 years later, and you're exactly right. They've been doing this for years and years, even since before I, I could do that, or even before I could remember watching it, you know? I, I guess if you have a daughter, if you have a little girl, a niece, uh, a granddaughter, whatever, uh, who you think might want be interested in like stuff like this but just hasn't been encouraged or doesn't have toys for it goldie blocks they only have a few sets out right now but they're all available it'd be really something worth looking at absolutely so uh into other stuff here plasma tvs yeah i know slight shift there and and there's a reason why Philips and uh, Sony and I think every other manufacturer now have ended production of plasmas. They've said, no more. They're not going to make plasma TVs anymore. It's dead technology. 
it makes a lot of sense why LCDs just got a lot cheaper. LEDs came out, which were able to reproduce a lot of the benefits of plasma. But this means that there's a lot of plasma TVs out there that are dirt cheap because they're just trying to get rid of them now. If you have money, a plasma TV might not be a bad route. That's if you have money. Just <laughs> a slight amount, you know, just a slight. <laughs> Teeny. <laughs> um, in other expensive news, oh, sorry, Zoner. You know, it's interesting because my in-laws just bought a plasma TV just a few weeks ago, and they were amazed at how dirt cheap it was, and that's part of why they bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they they are out there. You you can get a killer deal on one right now. Yeah. Uh, I need to hurry through here because I've been taking too much time. Uh, of course, there's the Xbox One that just came out. Chances are good if you're thinking about getting one for someone for Christmas, you already have. Same with the PS4. However, I think the unsung hero that if you do not know what to get and there are kids in your life that you're buying for, you might want to take a serious look at the Wii U. It's been out for almost a year now. It's a lot cheaper and it isn't as fraught with as many problems. Plus, there's a lot of games out for it. And they'll be easier to find since Xbox One and PS4 are either already sold out or anytime a retail store gets them in hand, they will be sold out within hours. So, Or they're not working. Or they're not working, yeah. So Wii so U is a safe bet. Yeah. That is something worth looking at. If you don't know what to get someone, don't get them any of them. Because you'll get the wrong one. You <laughs> will get on. the wrong one. <laughs> it, it will be on, and your Christmas day will not be Norman Rockwell-esque. They and you want heard. that, you know? Otherwise, you failed as a parent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as a homeowner, uh, Nest. Nest uh, has a series of, I think they're on their second generation of thermostats, and now they have their own uh, line of smoke detectors. This sounds really stupid that we're actually recommending a thermostat. I but have one. There's I reasons behind it. it. I absolutely love my Ness. Now, now, Zoner, why do they call it a smart thermostat? It learns what you do. If you are gone every day at a specific time, it will learn and it will kick your thermostat into away mode. If it does not see somebody in the house for a certain period of time, it will kick your home into away mode. If you change the temperature at night down to 66 degrees because you like it to be a little chilly, but then all of a sudden you, your wife says, no, it's too cold, and you start turning it up, or she gets up in the middle of the night and turns it up to 75 every night, it's going to learn, and it's going to start setting your thermostat at 75 every night so she won't have to get up and do it. It is amazing. Plus, you can control it from your smart device. Now, obviously, smoke detectors don't go into away mode or whatnot, so Nest has their smart smoke detectors in such a way that they can actually respond over your smartphone. You can control them that way. If one of them, if the battery's about to go out, it will actually let you know which one it is, so you're not spending your weekend chasing down every single chirp in the house to figure out what's going on. Uh, it's just, it's the beginnings of home automation, and they're pretty affordable. And there's only a slight chance they'll report back to the NSA. <laughs> now, if it's hackable, can, the NSA. Can you has... guarantee that? No. <laughs> Stolen droids neither condones or endorses Nest's product. <laughs> <laughs> or Elf on the Shelf. Or Elf on the Shelf, yep. 
Okay. Um, the question I've been getting a lot of uh, from people, which tablet to buy someone this holiday season? I'm going to make it really, really clear. If the someone is an iPhone user, get them an iPad. Not because it's the best, but because they'll hate you if you get anything else. If they're a Windows user, they may not want a Windows tablet. Right. <laughs> I'm a Windows phone user. I don't want a Windows tablet. It's just that simple. The best one right now is the Nexus 7. It's only 7 inches, uh, which I personally think is the best size, but that's a personal opinion. However, the best value is not the Nexus 7. It's the Asus Memo HD 7. Asus makes both the Nexus 7 and the Memo. The Memo is basically just the little brother, but for 100 bucks less. 120 bucks in certain from some retailers. Same guts, almost all the same guts, plus it has an SD card slot. It's the best value you can get. And avoid the cheap Chinese ones. Learn from my experience. A good rule of thumb is if it's under $100, don't buy it. Despite how many five-star ratings it has on Amazon. <laughs> Even if the person says they've been waiting for it for a very long time, it's super user-friendly and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we are cutting it really tight here. We're already at 52 minutes. Amber went crazy in the show notes. What are all these ones that you found for us? Uh, well, we are big Doctor Who fans here, and so I did three, um, which one of them I thought would be great for kids. I kind of want to do one for my son. It's the Doctor Who character building the 11 Doctors micro figure set. So it looks like that you get uh, the um, 11 Doctors, and they're just, they're cute. They're little action figures, and so your kids can play with them, have fun, Um I think they're a great collectible, especially if you're just really big into Doctor Who. Uh, I was also looking at the Doctor Who TARDIS projection alarm clock. Um, if you're like me and hate waking up in the morning, it's kind of cool to be able to wake up to a TARDIS. And not only to a TARDIS, but it projects your time onto the wall. So if you are very, you know, have to have it dark, then probably not a good idea for you. But if you're okay with stuff like that... I think it's an awesome idea to get. Um, I was also looking into, I have this personally, and I love it. It's the Doctor Who TARDIS uh, string lights. I think they're awesome, and any Doctor Who fan would love these. I highly recommend them. Um, I was I actually got them for a gift for my birthday, and they're awesome, so I recommend those. Um, I was also looking at this Star, Wa- uh, Star Wars... Uh, Ewok pilot action figure and um, I am a geek and I like Star Wars and you know as a kid I loved Ewoks growing up so sorry for those Star Wars fans who are cringing at the thought of the whole Ewok thing but I thought they were cool and these um, the action you know figure set I think they're kind of cool looking and I think that they're a pretty uh, good investment I've seen people get them before and I think they're actually well made I think we need to uh, clarify here. When she says Star Wars pilot pack set, she does not mean like they're X-Wing pilots or Snowspeeder pilots. They're not like in uniform with helmets. It's just the first pack in the series. Right. Because that's not what I was thinking when you described (laughs) it. 
Yeah. No, sorry. Clarify. I didn't there. remember an Ewok fighting in the Battle of Endor. In yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of pilots. They were the battle over Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the next one I saw, I thought was really cool. It's unique, and it's not something you really... So this is probably one of my things that you don't really find anywhere that, you know, any geeky girl would probably like to get. So it's a Rubik's Cube Top Zip uh, Mini Satchel Handbag. So it's a handbag, but it looks like a Rubik's Cube. This would be, and this would be really good for that uh, maybe not quite as geeky girlfriend or wife who you're trying to buy uh-huh. geeky things for, right? Yeah, well, it's fun because, I mean, it's colorful. It has lots of colors on it. And like I said, girls and colors. But it's like, you know, girls kind of like unique stuff as well. You know, something that not everyone has. And this is definitely something that not everyone has. And it's fun. It's not your regular typical handbag. And it's actually a cube. So I just thought it was pretty cool. And so I threw that in there. Can you solve it? No. Just like your girlfriend, you cannot solve it. Yeah, no. Fortunately, <laughs> good luck, buddies. But um, this next one I personally have as well, and I love it. So if you're a big Batman fan, if you love Harley Quinn, I love Harley Quinn. It's a Kotobukiya DC Comics Harley Quinn statue. And uh, you can actually remove her face. It's interchangeable. But I personally just leave it because I'm afraid of losing the face. But I think it's awesome. It's very well made. I love it. I have it on my shelf right now. I think it's a great investment. And these type of statues are great collectible. Um, they are going up in price in Amazon. So even if you want to get it and you want to sell it later, great. But if you just want to get it as a gift... You know, to your Harley Quinn fan, they will love it because it's an amazing statue. Very detailed, very well done. The, the detail on it is incredible. I'm looking at mm-hmm. it here and like some of the accents on, on Harley's costume. And if you know Harley Quinn, you know she has a lot of detail like around the cuffs and whatnot. It is insane. It is weird to see her looking so innocent though. Uh huh. And I just kind of feel like even the picture doesn't do it justice. Like having it in my hands. It's just incredible. I, that was probably one of my most favorite gifts I've ever received. It's amazing. So I think it's very well worth it. Um, my last one is just kind of a fun thing to have for those iPhone uh, people. It's a NES controller case. And it has buttons on it that you can actually press. And I just think it's it's fun. So, you know, a lot of people kind of, at least I see, tend to get the same cases and especially for girls, it's kind of a fun little cute geeky gamer case for your iPhone. Uh, this one, it's for the iPhone 5 and 5S. And so um, I think I, I think this is definitely something that I'm going to have to invest in getting. You know which one I... You know what phone case I want to see? I huh. want to see Ziggy <laughs> from Quantum Leap. I want to see a phone case that, that looks like Ziggy. Awesome. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say, like, from the comic strip that was, like, popular back in the 70s. Uh, yes, I want to hold a balding fat man in my, in my hand. Ziggy would work better for, like, the larger phones, like the S4 and the Note 2, since it was bigger. It, the, yeah. the iPhone would just be, like, lost inside of it. Ziggy, the original phablet. The hipster phablet. The hipster phablet. 
before yeah, it was cool. I've seen the NES controller cases before, but none with any actual buttons. This is really cool. That's really, really yeah. high quality. I have one that doesn't have the buttons, and you know what's cool? But then I saw this one, and it just blows it out of the water. It, there's just something about pressing buttons, even if it doesn't do anything. Maybe it's a nervous tick or something. I don't know, but it's just fun. <laughs> that would be cool is if they actually made one that you could plug into your Wii and actually control it. <laughs> Maybe. There's probably an emulator for that. I think that's something they should do. Yeah. There's not for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last one we have here, I took some inspiration from Amber, who says that she likes to find the really crazy things that people are like, how would you, how would, what, where would you get this? I've actually seen this in person at a store nearby here. I found it online for you. It is a Batman pimp goblet. It's black glass with the gold logo on there. Uh, it is huge. It is a chalice. Uh, I don't know when you'd use this, but every time you would, people would get talking. I would just personally carry it around all the time. I drink from it all the time <laughs> just because. It's just one of those With a fancy robe. With a fancy, yes. (laughs) I believe it's a 40-ounce goblet. That's what it says, yeah. It's huge. You You could have a a 40 bat style. Yeah. You could drink a Pim cup in a Pimp's cup. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, those are our our suggestions. We'll be able to put all these onto the show notes for you. If there's any that you want to know, let us know. What are you looking forward to this gift season as a geek for a geek as a geek buying for a non-geek that is the ultimate question we want to know feedback at stolendroids.com let us know on facebook or call us 801-917-GEEK that's 801-917-4335 until next time cheers end of line good day see ya this has been a stolen droids media production